So, Tucson Bhagavad Gita class, how I love it, I'm telling you. So think about that, maybe we can have that. If you'd like to do that, we'll get together and we'll have our, I don't know how often because of, uh, due to my traveling schedule, but we'll try, we'll see what we can do, okay? Because I'd like to stay in contact with you. I think we have momentum. You see, we have real momentum going here. You feel it? Yes. I definitely feel it. And let's keep it going, you know. Um, let's make it happen. Let's go back to Godhead. You can do this. Yes, Dr. Sean? I say while everyone's here, should we commit to a time next week? On the same day and time, so we can all agree on that. Monday evening? Monday evening. Does that work with everybody? Mm -hmm. What time's a good time? 6.30 after Prashadam? Yeah, perfect. 6.30. Monday night, 6.30. Let's see, I will be in El Paso. That's perfect. There's internet there, and I'll have a nice quiet room. So, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't, usually Monday night there isn't, but if there is, then we'll work around it. So, would you be in charge to find out who's coordinating some development? And uh, just say, you know, what we're thinking about, is this going to interfere with anything in the temple? And if so, then we'll, we're flexible. You know, we'll, we'll do it some other, some other night. Is it okay? Yes. Because I don't want to leave you guys. <laughs> you know, but I have to. I have to go physically. But uh, we're always together. You have to realize we're always together. Uh, if we if we open our consciousness, we're, we're together. See. So. Yes, when are you planning to come back? I'm trying to be back by Christmas. All right. But it might be January 1st or shortly thereafter. <laughs> I'm trying to work my calendar where I can do that. I think I can, but uh, you'll I'll aim for see. that. Yeah, I'm aiming for Christmas. I like to be back the 23rd of December. So it's been Christmas and New Year's here, and then start the New Year out in Tucson. Mm -hmm. you know? So uh, yeah, that's what I'd like to do. So, all right. Uh, it, is that okay with it? Does, does that fit your schedules? Did any of you go out of town for the holidays? So we'll stay for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I thought tonight uh, I would let Krishna pick it. So I just opened up the Bhagavad Gita and I saw this verse. Well, we're finishing Kirtan. I saw this verse and I thought, how apropos. You know, Krishna, he's so good at doing everything, isn't he? Is. This is Bhagavad Gita, ninth chapter, twenty-second verse. Ananyas chintayanto ma ye janaha paryupashyate tesham nityavi upanam yoga chenam yahami yaham. Translation: But those who always worship me with exclusive devotion. Meditating on my transcendental form, to them I carry what they lack, and I preserve what they have. Very famous, very um, interesting verse. Krishna is making this promise. You see, what he's saying is that if you all here's some key words. Okay, 
it's, it's important to pay attention to the key words. Krishna says, but those who always worship me with exclusive devotion, meditating on my transcendental form, to them I carry what they lack and I preserve what they have. Krishna is saying here that, you know, if you will worship me always, meaning in your thoughts, in your words, in your actions, put Krishna in the center of what you're doing, Krishna in the center of your life. If you'll do that with exclusive devotion. Now what does that mean? Anybody want to ask you, what does exclusive devotion mean? Huh? Only devoting to Krishna. Yeah, yeah. It's just like if you're, uh, if you meet somebody and you start to date, and you get to the point where you say, "Can we be exclusive?" That's romantic, isn't it? If someone asks you, "Can, can we be exclusive?" Meaning, I, I want to give my devotion and I want your devotion. That's 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 romantic. You see, so Krishna is trying to get romantic with you. He's asking you, can we be exclusive? Because if you'll give me exclusivity, I'll give you exclusivity. And if you'll do that, I'll, anything that you lack, I will provide. Whatever you're lacking, I'll provide. And whatever you already have, I'll preserve. So in other words, you won't lose anything. But whatever you need to perform your service to me, I'll give it to you, you see. So this is important because uh, sometimes the devotees, it's just like I've, I've told uh, a couple of you, and I think this, for, for many of you, you should start to give class you should start to give Bhagavatam class, give the class here. You should learn, you should do this. Now, if you have faith in Krishna, he says, I'm going to carry what you lack. You may think, oh, but I'm not qualified. I hear this all the time. I'm so unqualified. Yes, we know that. <laughs> now that we've got that off on the table, let's move on to surrender to Krishna. You see. Uh, I don't give class. I don't give any classes. I beg Srila Prabhupada and Lord Krishna to give me words to say because I have no opinion. You don't, I don't want uh, uh, any of you to have my opinion. I want to give you the opinion of my guru. The opinion that, that, that comes from my guru comes down through the disciplic succession from Krishna. The opinion of scripture. Okay. And exclusivity. I'm not going to give you something that I heard from uh, some Buddhist saying, or something like, I may use something that, that it says in the Bible to back up, you know, to, to, to illustrate what something is saying in our philosophy. You know, like, as you sow, so shall you reap. That's the law of karma. You see? So, but... Uh, I'm not going to give you a hodgepodge of stuff. That's a great weakness, by the way, when you see that. You know, I've been doing this for a long, long time. Forty years is a long time. And I've seen all kinds. 
But when somebody starts to give you a little bit of this and a little bit of that, he's not expert in anything. He's desperate. Well, this says this, and this philosophy says this. You know, you, you, you know, a very intelligent man would look at such a person and say, "Okay, what exactly are you saying? What exactly are you asking me to do? What are you trying to influence me to do?" Be like you, a piece of this and a piece of that, a little of this and a little of that. You know, because if you're not exclusive with anything, then how are you expert at anything? Be expert at something. Something. Take something and become expert. And in being Krishna conscious, Krishna says, hey, I'll provide whatever you need, whatever potency you need. He said, okay, you got it. What else you need? You see? I need confidence. Yeah, I can take care of that. You sit down, you start to speak with devotion to me. I'll speak through your mouth. That'll give you the confidence. Krishna will speak through your mouth. You have to have faith that he will. He will do it. But you have to study, and you have to be exclusive. You see? You have to do your part. He will provide whatever you lack. He will, Krishna says, I will carry you. I'll carry what you lack. It's very romantic. If you can see Krishna, uh, he goes on, another key part here, uh, by meditating on my transcendental form, not the energy you know, the all-pervasive la 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 So many philosophies, and, so, and therefore so many philosophers, are expert at saying a lot of words that don't equal up to mean anything. And that's a trick. A lot of the so-called gurus from India, they'll be talking and they'll be saying, it to, you know, it's kind of like the sound of one hand clapping. Now what did I just say? I didn't say anything. <laughs> you can't. You can neither prove nor disprove what I just said. It's genius for not saying anything. And it makes me look so smart because you'll go, but oh, so deep. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Which is your way of saying, I didn't get a damn thing out of that. <laughs> it was so deep, I couldn't. That like went, you know. No. If it's deep, you should get something. You should walk away better. You should walk away spiritually advanced from those words. You see? So, there are so many charlatans, cheaters. This is the world of the cheater and the cheated. There are cheaters and there are those who are being cheated. And they switch back and forth. The cheat, the, those who are being cheated sometimes cheat. It goes back and forth like that. I'm not saying that any of these, these people are, are bad. They don't know any better, you see. So it's weakness. It's weakness. So, uh, so by meditating on, on Krishna's transcendental form, in other words, get personal with me. Hear what he's saying here. Get personal with me. Be exclusive with me. Meditate on me. Worship me. 
and I'll give you anything. My Lord, that's pretty sweet. Coming from God, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, I'll give you everything. You know, now if I made that promise to you, I'll give you, I, I want to give you everything. You, you know, sometimes people say that. Oh, I love you. I want to give you everything. Oh, that's so sweet. Wait a minute. You can't give me everything. <laughs> you can't even give me that much, really. <laughs> what did you just say, anyway? <laughs> but Krishna can say, I will give you everything. Everything you need. And what he doesn't tell you is he gives you much more than you need. He will give you more than you need. It's not just the bare minimum. He's not a discount Krishna. You know, he cut it off right at the bare minimum. He'll throw in some extra. Let's see. I'll carry what they buy and I preserve what they have. Let's see what Shula Prabhupada says here. One who is unable to live for a moment without Krishna consciousness cannot but think of Krishna 24 hours a day. Being engaged in devotional service by hearing, chanting, remembering, offering prayers, worshiping, serving the lotus feet of the Lord, rendering other services, cultivating friendship, and surrendering fully to the Lord. You see? You get a lot more out of this if you read it from a romantic standpoint, isn't it? You see how Prabhupada is, is, this is, these are sweet. This isn't like saying the sound of one hand clapping. When you just hear this, you walk away a better person. You're, you're an enlivened soul. And then Prabhupada's description. Such activities are all auspicious and full of spiritual potencies which make the devotee perfect in self-realization so that, so, that uh, so that his only desire is to achieve the association of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Such a devotee undoubtedly approaches the Lord without difficulty. This is called yoga. This is yoga. By the mercy of the Lord, such a devotee never comes back to this material conditional life. Shema re refers to the merciful protection of the Lord. The Lord helps the devotee to achieve Krishna consciousness by yoga. And when he becomes fully Krishna conscious, the Lord protects him from falling down to a miserable condition life. He helps you get there, and He helps you stay there, you see. So, therefore, this, when we hear things like this, it should breed what? Motivation. And motivation? And enthusiasm. Confidence. From that, motivation, enthusiasm, confidence, you know? Boy, I've got, I've got Krishna saying that he will help me get there and keep me there. So in other words, I'm not dependent on, on my minuscule abilities. You see? It doesn't matter if I don't have the potency to do it. And it doesn't matter if I'm so unfortunate and so unqualified. It doesn't matter. It's like I said, I agree. We all are unqualified. We're all very unfortunate and very unqualified. 
However, Krishna is totally, completely qualified. He's qualified. He's willing and able to take us back home, back to Godhead. You see, he's willing, he's saying, I will carry you. But I want you to be exclusive. You know, I want you to worship me with love and devotion. You know, and we've talked about this before. But why is it that Krishna wants you to surrender to him? All through the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is saying, surrender to me, surrender to me, surrender, surrender, surrender. You see. He wants to get that out of the way. He wants your surrender. Because there's something that he wants to do to you, for you. He wants to surrender to you. You see. That completes the loving relationship. You surrender to me, I surrender to you. You see. Now the love the loving link is completed. It's not just you just surrender to me. Look, I'm God. Surrender and do it my way, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna have to, some of the boys take care of it. You know what I mean? He's not like that. He didn't have to do that. He says, You surrender to me. And he doesn't tell you, but what he wants is he wants to surrender to you. He wants to have that surrender to one another relationship. To, to do that, we have to have the consciousness to handle it, though. We've got to have the consciousness to deal with it. If we don't have proper consciousness and the Supreme Godhead is surrendered to us, well, something's wrong, you see. I mean, just think how we could misuse that. If you're not, if you're not in the proper consciousness, Krishna wants to surrender. In other words, he wants, he wants you uh, to influence him. He wants you to. He you're, you're feeling like you're under his control. He wants to feel like he's under your control. Sri Bhaktivedanta controls Krishna. So, lovers are like that. I want to. I want to. I want to submit to you. We submit to each other. If you're not in a proper consciousness and God's submitting to you, what could you, you know, that that could be, um, that could be a very hellish situation. You see, so we have to get there. We have to get into the consciousness that we, so we can deal with that. Krishna's throwing his arms open. Hey, come on, this is what I, this is what I want. See. All I'm asking is for you to worship me, think of, of me always. Now, uh, that means that uh, at least thinking, uh, analyze what he's saying. I want you to, to think of me always, and I want you to be exclusive with me. So in other words, uh, and if you can't, Krishna doesn't say, oh, I'm going to damn you to hell. If you don't say, well, you know, if you happen to say, Krishna, I, I find you interesting. <laughs> but there's lots of other stuff that's in you know? I'm interested in so many things. And, and maybe I'm going to give you, let's say I'm more interested in you than anything else. But I've got all these other interests. Krishna says, that's okay. You have free will. 
You certainly have free will. You can be like that. He's not going to force you. Krishna uh, wants sweet love. He wants untainted love. In other words, you have to desire him exclusively. And that's okay. He won't force you. It's your decision. And if you want other things, Krishna can create unlimited things for you to try and to chase. You see? And he can wait. He's got... I was going to say he has all the time in the world, but he is all the time in the world. Time I am, destroyer of worlds, he says. He is time. He is all the time in the world. And if you want to take birth after birth and tinker with this philosophy and tinker with that philosophy, perhaps you don't want to have a loving relationship with the Supreme. Maybe you want to have a relationship of on reverence. You know, he'll give you an avenue to that. If you want to be an atheist, <coughs> Krishna will give you the faith to be an atheist. He will provide what you lack when you want to follow a path. He'll, he'll help you because he's doing what you want to do. He's allowing you to do what you want. You have free will, you know. So, uh, we, have to, we have to look at Krishna personally. We have to read Bhagavad Gita personally. And then we can see that these words that Krishna is saying, these aren't like the words of, of, a, of, a, of a heavy, angry God. He's not telling Arjuna, you better do this or else, buddy. You know. Look how sweetly he says it. If you'll do this, if you'll think of me always with exclusive devotion to me, then I'll, I'll, I'll give you anything. I'll, I'll give you anything and you won't lose. I'll preserve everything you already have. You see? There's not a better promise. There's not a better deal. It's what they call a heck of a deal. You see? best deal I've had all day. So, we can pause for a minute and see if there are any questions or comments. We can go on. Anybody? Yeah. It just reminded me of how interesting it is that Sean and I have talked about this, how he says, in my opinion, when he's talking to Nikita, yeah. when Krishna's talking, it's like, this is God. Yeah. When he's saying, in my opinion, it's like... Even he's, he seems humble, doesn't he? Yeah. Notice he doesn't say, and the word is, you know, he doesn't, he's not like that. So again and again, we can see what is Krishna's mood. Krishna is looking for love. He, he wants your love. Did you have a comment? I do, and it's not well um, posed, but I've been thinking about it for quite a bit. I had the mercy in 2010 when... Hari Priya got initiated <coughs> by Japataswami Japak. Can never say his name. I was in line, I was first in line um, to have the privilege of having a five minute uh, meeting with him. And I was shaking. I was, um, my body was really, and I was very unsettled by it. My, my brain was trying to get logical. Well, why are you feeling this? And I was crying. I was just, you know, and I, I didn't know him. 
but clearly helping him out of the wheelchair that day. Something had transpired. So what my point is, um, <laughs> Bruce is the source of every atom in the universe. He's the multiverse. He's everything that you find attractive. He's everything you find intimidating. As much as I'm trying to get past this cerebral side of Krishna, how do you move past that intimidation that, my gosh, you can actually connect with the Supreme? It's like, it's like if I was a fanatic of the Queen or something of England, which would be weird. It's just so inappropriate to go to Buckingham Palace and knock on the door and say, may I hang out with Queen Elizabeth? <laughs> you know, it, it would seem so inappropriate, and it is. I'm of a lower... So how does one get out of that, you know, I like how you said earlier, we get it, we're unqualified, but it's not so much that that I'm thinking of, it's not that unqualification, it's the intimidation of actually, you can have that moment with the Supreme, how do you move past that diversion? Well, uh, no, that's a great, that's a, a, a good observation. Why do we feel intimidated though? Let's analyze that. Why is that? Uh, I am part and parcel of Krishna. The spirit soul, me, the jiva atma. I am part and parcel of Krishna. See, I'm a piece of Krishna. Okay, so as far as quality, I'm, I'm not from a low birth. Looking at the spirit soul, I'm part and parcel of, of God. Okay, so uh, if it's my body that I'm thinking, well, I was, I have a low birth and I'm approaching God. So, but you're not the body, you see. So, what else could it be? That's probably not it. Uh, it's that we're not uh, possibly as exclusive with him as we should be or ready to be, you see. When somebody asks you, hey, would you like to be exclusive? Well, that's a big moment, you know. This is that's a huge, isn't it? That's a this is a uh, a turning point in a relationship. This is a pivot point. We're going from casual, maybe I'll call you, maybe I won't, kind of to well, exclusive. In other words, I'm I'm going to be dedicating uh, all or most of my free time to you. you see. Maybe we're not ready for that. That's the intimidation. You see, or maybe maybe we are, but we just can't see it in ourselves because of whatever whatever is holding us back. So making a commitment. You see, it's it's different. There are there are many types of uh, uh, spiritual faith. That don't require very much, you know. Um, a niece of mine was saying on Facebook that uh, she lives in Atlanta. She was saying that she went to a new church. She's a Christian, and she went to a new church, and they—it's uh, one—it's a really huge church, gigantic. And she was invited there, so her and her husband went there, and they have like uh, rock and roll bands gigantic big screen TVs so you can see the, the stage, you can see what's going on and they're playing rock and roll music and they've got this uh, 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 this machine that makes smoke you know out of frozen, what is it? What is it? Uh, frozen. 
Yeah. Dry ice. Dry ice. Yeah. The dry ice. You put the dry ice and water and the smoke comes out. So here you go into a church and they've got the rock and roll music going. They've got the dry ice making smoke. <laughs> and everybody's. <laughs> and you just go there to this big crowd and you just kind of rock out. Well, that's pretty easy. That's easy to do. You know, you can go, you can come to the temple and you can hear the kirtan. You can sit in Jaikesha's uh, kirtan and rock out. You know, you can take prasadam and go. You see? You can be as cash as you like. But if we listen to what Krishna wants, what he's enticing you, hey, you really think I'm kind of cute now, don't you? You're going to come in here and rocking out to my holy name and taking my prasadam. You like me, don't you? You know? I put this. I put this picture on Facebook. A picture of uh, Madhav in uh, in Mayapur. He was dressed up so beautifully. The caption says, "Come on, admit it. You really like me a lot now, don't you?" You know. And uh, but that's Krishna. That when you see Krishna, picture of Krishna, it's what he's saying. He's enticing. He's flirty. He's enticing. Come on, you want me. You want to be with me? You know you do. You'll never find anything like me. You see, so he's he, Krishna has this way of uh, gravity pulling you in. You see, and if we want to be cash, that can be a little because that means if 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 Krishna is so attractive that he's attracting me and pulling me closer to him. But I'd rather keep him at an arm's length so I can have so much of my other... I'm afraid that Krishna's going to take all of my thoughts and words and actions, you see. This is very, very common. There are hundreds of millions of people in India who are afraid that Krishna will take it all, you see. So they worship Lord Shiva or Lord Ganesh. They worship the demigods. Because all they really want is is their daily bread, you know. Give me this, give me that. Make my business successful. Get, let my kids graduate from college and get good jobs, please. So, but if I if I go to Krishna, I might think, Wow, you're really something. You know, and I forgot about all this stuff I want. You see, but I don't want to forget about. It. I want to stay attached to my material stuff. I want a God that'll give me. You know, so I can't approach Krishna. I mean, it could. Krishna will give it to me, but boy, the danger is, I'm going to look at Krishna and say, "Jeez, oh, I'm nothing like you." See, that's the danger of dealing with Krishna. That's why that you might feel this intimidation, like, "Wow, where could this go? I could get swept away with this Krishna. I could lose it all. I could just think of him and not just talk about him all the time. He is." Just incredible, you see. He'll he'll steal all of me. And Krishna's honest. He tells you, if you were to say to Krishna, "What do you want?" Krishna would say, "I want all of you. I want you to have all of me, and I want all of you." Mm -hmm. You know, he's ready to go all the way in the friendship, any minute, in a, in a heartbeat, right now. He's ready. And that's kind of scary. 
Because we don't know if we're ready. We're not, we're not, we don't know if we're ready to get that committed, that up close and personal with Krishna, and have him steal all of our thoughts and words and actions. You see? Because we still have some faith in material energy. That is probably... Uh, a couple of rocks I haven't looked under in this material world it might have some real enjoyment. You see? So maybe I'll, I'm, I'm going to keep Krishna on hold. I know where to find him. And I'm going to keep it, you know, keep the relationship kind of warm. I'm going to go looking around over here and looking around there and trying to enjoy this and enjoy that. You see? Because there's a lot of love, a lot of prema uh, for Krishna. But I can't tell if it's my heart, my, my brain that's connecting with Krishna. It's, it seems very, you know, um, you know. I, I, I like what the Buddhists say, you know, if there, if there is a God, it, he, it's inconceivable. Because if you, if you don't have the, forti the, um, the fortitude and good prosperity of discovering Krishna, that's exactly what it is. It's inconceivable. You can't find a philosophy as succinct and nutritious as Krishna consciousness. So, yeah. you know, it's um, it's kind of like undoing the inconceivable to that minute perceivable. And maybe it's a seven years... Well, by making him inconceivable uh, is, the, is the, the trick of the Mayavadi. He's inconceivable. You listen to the Mayavadis. Have you heard some of the Mayavadi stuff in, in, in India? That talk. You ever talk to those guys? They can talk and talk and talk and talk <laughs> for hours and not say anything. Like I was saying this. Well, yeah. I mean, actually, it's here. It's here. I'm thinking. I'm talk to some of those guys. That, you know, they don't say anything. It sounds flowery. It's like. Wow, whatever you said, that was like so fantastic. You know, could you go repeat it to anybody? Probably not. You know, could you make up some mishmash about like it? Probably. You see, um, I don't. I, I don't mean I'm not picking on the Buddhists, but basically, there's a big misunderstanding about uh, Buddhism. Buddhism is, but they're basic, basically atheists. Hmm. They believe in voidism. Void. I mean, nothing. When you die, nothing. Lights go out, it's over. Done. Finished. So, now there's lots of offshoots of Buddhism, and they, they'll say that they're, 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 they'll kind of be like the impersonalists where they're going to the Brahma Jyoti, you know, to merge with the light. But that's really not true Buddhism. You know, nirvana. The word it's a Sanskrit word. Nirvana means nothing. It means void. Although the New Agers, they'll say, "Oh, Nirvana." Well, no, you know, Nirvana means bliss. No, it doesn't. You don't know Sanskrit. If you're taking a word and assigning a new uh, definition to it, you know, it's like I'm looking at this flower and say, "Nice dog you have here." <laughs> <laughs> so, when you start talking about nirvana in the form of meaning blissful, to someone who knows Sanskrit, they're going to say, <laughs> you, you got that, you got that wrong. It means nothing. 
go to a place of nothingness to, to be peaceful. You see, I want, to, I want away from the material world and everything that bugs me. I want, so I'll be peaceful, I'll have shanti, peace, when I achieve the state of nirvana, which means nothing. And there I can listen to the sound of one hand clapping. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, I won't have hands. Okay, I'll listen, I'll meditate on the sound. Oh, wait a minute, I won't exist. Okay, that's okay, because I'll be peaceful. <laughs> and that's for, for people, people are motivated to that when they're so fried out with this material world that they, they think anything would be better than living in this world. With the, the, the cheating and the, uh, the disturbance to the mind and to the soul, you see. So it's it's a, it's appealing in that way. Yes. Another question? Sure. Are you ready for another question? Um, oh yeah. <clears throat> if one has a guru who's a Krishna conscious and is a part of a lineage that everything Krishna conscious is the base of. Mm -hmm. Krishna wants exclusivity, so does one put the, those gurus to the side? No, or, he wants it's, They are Krishna, they are, so it's... Mm. The exclusivity is, is received by Krishna through the guru. It's just like when we offer prasadam. We actually offer prasadam to the guru. Guru offers through parampara, it goes to Krishna, but we offer through the Guru. And you notice that on the altar, you notice how the, 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 the you've got the pictures of Srila Prabhupada and Srila Bhakti Siddhanta and so on, you see the disciplic succession. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but there's, a, there's a, an order when you, when you see when the Pajari offers the various articles of paraphernalia, incense and the ghee lamp and the water and the flower. He starts with Srila Prabhupada. He starts with his guru. Maybe if you're not a disciple of Prabhupada, you may have a picture of your guru there. So you'll start with your guru, then you'll offer it to this one. Then you'll offer it to the deities. First, to the guru. Yeah. So, um, to, the, to the disciple, the guru is everything. By the mercy of Krishna, one gets guru. <coughs> By the mercy of the Guru, one gets Krishna. So it doesn't mean that you're never going to get to Krishna. But for right now, in this embodied situation that we're in, we need the Guru to take us to Krishna. You see? So it's just like the, the embodied soul approaches Krishna and says, My dear Lord, I want to be your devotee. And Krishna says, All right, to prove it to me, surrender to my devotee. Whatever you offer him, he offers to me. See, the pure devotee offers everything to Krishna. He offers it to his guru, who offers it to his guru, and so on all the way to Krishna. You see, we want to be the servant of the servant, of the servant, of the servant. I want to serve those who are serving those who are serving those who are serving those who are serving, serving Radharani. Who is serving Krishna? So, but in the liberated stage, we'll have our one-on-one -on -one with Krishna. 
And now as well, we'll have one-on-one -on -one with Krishna too. But we have to work. We have to work at that. Yes. As an example of my body talk. Oh yeah, this is good. I can I can never remember these. Hey Keshi, you're such a blue cosmic intergalactic velvet warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sending the love juice, sending it back to you with tons of extra sauce on it. Yeah. What does that yeah. mean? Yeah. What did that mean? But you know what? It sounded very flowery, didn't it? It sounded really hip. Yeah, I mean, you know. Blue cosmic intergalactic velvet. Blue cosmic intergalactic. Wait a minute, say that again. Blue cosmic intergalactic. Blue cosmic intergalactic velvet warrior. Velvet oh, warrior. Velvet warrior. Wow, velvet warrior. Blue velvet. Blue velvet. Blue velvet. cosmic velvet. Yeah, it's Elvis. <laughs> Blue cosmic velvet shoes. Where are you finding this? Somebody send that to me. We'll just call it BV. Last question. Yeah. Um, if we have free will, then is that one thing that Krishna doesn't know is how we're going to respond in a certain situation? Yeah. He doesn't know. Now he's God. He could if he wanted to. He can do anything. But he really doesn't know. Now, would he want to know? Doesn't that kind of take the interest out of it? He, that you're having a, a, a relationship with Krishna. And at different points in your day, you're making decisions. Now, he knows that the decision, uh, the decisions will be required throughout your day or week or whatever. Excuse me. Uh, you have to decide whether you're going to do this or you're going to do that. He knows that those challenges are going to come. But he doesn't know what your free will is going to do. He doesn't know. You see. He may have a very good idea. Once he gets to know your devotion, he may think, oh, you know, I'll, I'll bet he does this. It's like we were talking, we were talking last night about the lineage when you when you go back to Godhead you, you, you uh, liberate ten generations behind you ten generations of, of your forefathers they get to go back to Godhead too so uh, this is part of an intricate plan that Krishna has he has people that he wants to go back and he thinks they're along the line they're maybe not pure devotees but he has a strong feeling for them, you see. But they can't do it on their own. But you, however, he thinks you can do it. You, you, if you come in contact with, with my devotee, and if you're given the right, proper training, you'll become pure devotee. You'll go back to Godhead. So, therefore, I'm lining up this lineage of people, your father, grandfather, and so on, brothers, cousins, whatever. I'm lining these people up because I think you're going to do it this time. You see. And they'll go back to Godhead through you. I'm going to use you to bring them back. You see. An intricate plan. Yes, Jerry? 
the liberation of the the ancestors, the lineage, does that go through like the father's side, the mother's side, both sides? Both. Both. Yeah. Except like so on the same question. Is it that your ten generations of ancestors will reincarnate, but at that reincarnation they will find Krishna or they will just be brought to Godhead? I'm not real clear on the, the exact details of that. If, they, if they're just like snatched out of their body where they are right now, right? You know, some of them are a human being somewhere, some of them are a dog someplace, and all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it's over for them. Yeah, they're liberated. Right? They get some real special treatment. But Krishna sends a limo for them. <laughs> So, stretch line. With blue velvet. Blue velvet. Blue cosmic velvet. Blue cosmic. Intergalactic. Intergalactic. Wow. Or a swan. Huh? Swan. Or a swan. Or a flower airplane or whatever, you know. A stretch flower limo. <laughs> yes? Um, can you explain the difference between chaining and prayer and and if you are going to pray to Krishna, is it a formalized prayer or is it a uh, prayer from the heart? Well, that's a good question. Uh, chanting is praying. It is a prayer. Uh, it's the it's the uh, it's the Maha Mantra. Uh, Maha means the greatest, so it's also the greatest prayer. And it's a, the the interpretation closest we could get to an English interpretation. And you're chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. You're praying to Radharani. Your Hara, this Hare is praying to Hara, the energy of Krishna. Oh my dear Radharani, oh my dear Krishna, please engage me in your loving devotional service. You see. Now, as far as how do we pray? Uh, Krishna is very personal and he's very loving. So, you know, getting down on your knees and closing your eyes and say, oh, my dear Krishna, you know, you know I, mean, I would think that if, if, if you're getting personal with Krishna, he would say, look at me when you're talking to me. <laughs> Why don't you look at me when you're talking to me, you know? Like, hey, come on, lighten up. I'm not that kind of God, okay? I don't have, uh, I'm not going to throw a thunderbolt at you, so. What is it that you want? Talk sweet to me. I like it when you talk sweet to me, you know. Krishna's like that. Talk sweetly. Sweet. My dear sweet Lord. Give him some praises, you know. This prayer, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, is a, is a sweet, you know. It's just like we hear people chant this uh, Om. Uh, it's very common now. Om. And they get fancy with Aum. So, um, that's just like me saying, Sean! Yes? <laughs> Sean! Yes? Sean! <laughs> I'm, com I'm completely impersonal with Sean. I'm just chanting Om. I'm saying Om. Oh, my dear Lord, energy of God, please be present. 
and you're just chanting all of them. So I'm impersonal. I'm not giving you a personality or anything. As a matter of fact, I'm just telling you, get over here. Mm -hmm. I'm being crude, but you see what I mean. So, Om Namo. Namo means obeisances. Bhagavate. Bhagavan. One who is all opulences. The most beautiful, the most powerful, the most famous, and so on, like that, you see. Om Namo Bhagavate. Vasudev, O oh Vasudev, I am unto you, Vasudev, I'm offering obeisances, you see. Which is a sweet way to, to start it out. And then just just talk to Krishna in a nice way, you know. My dear sweet Krishna, you know, you are so kind to me. You've given me more than I could ever possibly want. And uh, all I really want is just to be your servant. And I, I thank you for giving me. The, the ability to do that, to serve you. I'm ever indebted to you. you know, I love you sweetly, and I want my love to grow to Krishna Prema. I want to, I want to have full love of Godhead. Please make all my wishes. Another thing to do is, you ever, you ever find yourself saying, I wish something? You know, like, uh, there's this, uh, next door, there's this uh, tire place. And all day long they're changing tires. You'll hear the guys. <laughs> then he drops this big piece of iron. Clang! <laughs> you hear this. So you might say, God, I wish those guys would be quiet. Well, I don't like to waste a wish. So whenever I catch myself saying, I wish, I'll say, I can always remember Krishna and never forget him. And it's tough to remember that. But that's the only wish. It would be nice if these guys would be quiet, but they're not. I'm not going to waste a wish on that. I'm going to, I'm going to cast my wish towards wishing that I could always remember Krishna and never forget him. So yeah, just just talk sweetly to him. He likes it. Did, did anybody else have a question? I, was, I only say that because you've already had one. I like your questions. Why? Uh, why do humans, um, the greatest success clearly is Krishna consciousness and thinking of Krishna at the time of death. From a Krishna conscious perspective, why do some humans fear success or perfection? They fear it. Is it something to do with ego? Is it something to do with the responsibility? It's attachment. You know? Why do we fear commitment? Yeah, because I'm attached to... Uh, I'm, a, I'm attached to being whimsical. I'm attached to being uh, me. See, I'm attached to the material energy in so many different ways. So, I, I may be a little hesitant to make a commitment to Krishna. You see, I don't know if I want to be exclu exclusive of Krishna. Um, I'm not ready to drop some of the things that I have in my life that are really kind of cool. You see? So, what we do is we, uh, we associate with the devotees, we go through the process, and it, we become attracted. You see? First of all, you... Uh, let's say somebody approaches Krishna consciousness out of intelligence. They think, you know what, I believe this philosophy and I think that this is the best thing for me. 
see, I got me in there. It's all about me. It's the best thing for me. I should do this for me. And that's okay, you know. Um, I should become a Buddhist because I think that's the best thing for me. Or follow Lord Jesus Christ because that's the best thing for me. See, So we approach like that. It's the best thing for me. And then uh, there's certain uh, principles, certain regulations, chanting, going before the deity, so many different things. And we, we go through that. We start to do that. We regulate ourselves like that. And through the process, we develop some attraction. This is, you know, this Krishna is getting attractive. And through that, beyond attraction, we become attached. We become attached to Krishna. That's when the perfection really starts to flow. You're attached. You go past the point where you feel, I've, I've passed the point of no return. I could never leave Krishna. I could go out and try to enjoy this material world one way or another. I could try to squeeze some nectar out of the material energy. And, but I've lost my faith in it. But I haven't even pondered the fact I'm just attached to Krishna. I don't know. It's like Prabhupada said in that purport. Not being able to face a day without Krishna. You know, that's love. That's attachment. I don't think I could do it. You see. So it gets that, you know, you become uh, uh, attached to Krishna. That's the nature of Krishna. He is so attractive. He is so beautiful. So loving. And when we taste it, we know we can't find this anywhere else. And even if we could, I don't want to try. Because I have Krishna. I have everything I want. You see. So all the challenges go away. I mean, they, there may be tests and whatever, and whatever, but you're so attached to Krishna. That, you see. So that's the, that's the danger of, of, of flirting with Krishna consciousness. This, this Krishna has this potency. He is just so uh, totally incredibly lovable and wonderful that he will just draw you in. You know? it's, it's the loving aspect of Krishna. Beyond his beauty, he's incredibly beautiful, charming, funny, you know, he's all those things. But this loving propensity that Krishna has, you know, we become addicted to it. You can't get that kind of love anywhere else. Everything else is cheap. Once you see the real thing, then everything else seems cheap. You see? It's like, uh, it may look like diamonds until you see Krishna. Once you see Krishna, it looks like pieces of broken glass. Looks like, you know, uh, costume jewelry. Mm. You know, the material world starts to look gaudy and kind of kind of silly. You know. And then, because you you become focused on Krishna and your love for Krishna is starting to really flare, you see the silliness in the people around you and their, their attempts to get some enjoyment out of the material energy. And then you feel pain in your heart for them. 
you think I, I, I really, I should do something. With that. You know, if you're walking along, uh, you know, like when you like to go hiking. If you're walking along hiking, and you find some man, and he's like, oh, oh, water, water. You're gonna think, I should give this guy some water. You see, I should do something. So. When the devotee of Krishna sees somebody who doesn't have this taste, we should think, oh, I should help you in some way. Somehow I should help you. If we don't, if, we, if, if you know Krishna, and you know this philosophy, and you interface with someone, and you don't give, that, give them that philosophy, do you know that's having the greatest violence on them? That's in the Srimad Bhagavatam. That's the that's that's great. You're having having great violence. That's violent. So, um, I'm not sure how to ask this question. It's just different themes that you brought up. One, uh, and it's something that I've been thinking about quite a bit this whole year since I, you know. What did I say? Was bitten by the Krishna bug? Yeah. <laughs> with no immunity, by the way. Yeah, with, you didn't have your uh, no no shots. Your shots, yeah. <laughs> so a little bit of a, I guess, a conundrum for me. You know, the mischief making that I created over here, um, which has you know been going on for two years and, and been great, but you know, in the midst of all this, I've transformed, and so I, I feel a little bit like. The, the guilty uh, lover who has other boyfriends or girlfriends now, because I mean, I mean, I clearly Christified the group, you know. But nonetheless, we still have folks who are coming with the expectation, the original expectation that I'm going to be teaching the meditation, which we still sometimes do the meditation. You, have, you, know, the, the, you know, as a matter of fact, you know, I have to say that halfway through this year. Which I don't think Sandamani knew. I was like in a process of, of uh, going through an ordination process with the Zen people, and they were very much courting me because of the background I've had. And I just dropped the whole thing. As Tim knows, knowing full well, I don't want that. I don't. I don't want it. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel. This is the way I want to go. <coughs> so, I've actually thought of tr shutting down the group at the end of the year. You know, if I couldn't figure out a way to transform the group, because the, on one level the group is a beautiful avenue to people, for people who want to, as an exposure to, uh, you know, Krishna consciousness. And we've had you came this week, and uh, Swami is coming next in two weeks. Um, so I mean, wow! I mean, it's just a great outreach. So I don't know how to navigate that those waters anymore. I guess as you know, as I become, you know. The exclusive lover. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I. You know. I can't be the. I can't be subdivided anymore. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Well, it sounds to me like what you're doing, and I and I, I really like it which, yeah. because what you're doing is it's kind of like prompts them anything to give them Krishna. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like that. I mean, you were, you're telling them that Krishna yeah. and so many things. <laughs> but they're false, getting Krishna. False advertisement. It's false advertising. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's false advertising. But because it's for Krishna, it's first class. Right. You know, we used to have a saying in the old days promise them anything, give them sacrifice. <laughs> Bait and switch. Bait and switch. Spiritual. Krishna. Come on in. 
the door hadn't opened, I was just going to stand well, you're, out here. You're in time for Prasanna. <laughs> I think. Maybe not. Uh, but yeah, uh, as long as it's a facility for you to give them Krishna, then it's very valuable to your service and to them. Okay. It'll help you in your spiritual advancement and theirs. When you're convinced that it's not a good tool for your devotional uh, service, then uh, do away with it. Okay. If you maybe you can convert it somehow, and I I I sense that these people are getting very interested. In they they are, and, and that's why I guess I'm trying to uh, the dance that I'm doing yeah. is trying to figure out how to. But now look at see what you're creating. Though. Yeah, I don't want to see. I don't want to create. If they're getting interested in Krishna now, you become their shiksha guru, which I don't want that. Well, but, but you should. You but, should be shiksha. What is, what is what is that? Shiksha guru. Shiksha guru. Shiksha guru is a teacher. Shiksha guru is your is your guru. Oh, okay. You okay. And shiksha guru is is, a, is someone who is, is a teacher. Yeah, but see, I need a teacher. I need a guru. I'm, that's one thing that's come loud and clear this 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 whole year is like I as a teacher I need a teacher. Yeah. I need a guru. Yeah. I, I can't so, just be, I feel like I'm a satellite. But then, then you become, you, you take guru, and then you become shiksha guru to many, you see. In other words, you become a teacher. Got it, okay. The, the, you're the go-to guy that they have. And they may want to become initiated too, but in the meantime, they need to learn from somebody, and you're the guy who brought them to the dance, you know. Right. And uh, so now they're relying on you. They'll have all kinds, of, they'll start to read, and they'll call you, hey, Bob, you know, I've read the, this, this thing in the Bhagavad Gita, Wow, that was so beautiful. What does Krishna mean here? You know, so you explain it to them, and so you become their shiksha guru. So, uh, so like that. But you have a responsibility once you get them. So, how are you going to tell them? Look, we're just not going to get together anymore. Right. And, yeah, that would not. No. And and maybe you could just be upfront with them after <clears throat> some time. <clears throat> and I don't know when, but after some time, you might be able to say, look. Jesus, guys, it kind of looks like we're all heading towards Krishna here. We're kind of getting a clue. So you might change the theme into that of uh, bhakti. Yeah, this is a bhakti what, meditation, whatever. It's a whatever. Med- yeah. it's, you know, you come up with a the new theme. It's just say, boy, you know, it looks like we, you know. Not that I've done this, but it looks like we've evolved. And I think they're going to say, oh, I didn't do that. You know, so change the theme a little bit. So now you're, it's more out of the Vedas. You're talking about. It becomes like a Bhagavad Gita class. You know? And uh, a discussion like that. So uh, it's a very valuable thing that you've got. You know? Krishna would be very happy with what you're doing. There's a couple of, at least a couple of full-time devotees in that group. Maybe much more than that. They're, they're nice, sincere people. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So hang on to that. All right. It's uh, five after eight. What do you say? Uh, we get out of here and take your Anything else before we go? 
just don't want it to end. I know. Yeah, Thank I'm you so happy to be here. We have these limitations. <laughs> but now we get to go eat Krishna. Yeah, now we get to go. Now we've been hearing about Krishna. Now let's go honor Krishna by eating him. <laughs> yeah, what you do when you when you offer to Krishna, Krishna becomes the offering. So prasadam is uh, mercy aside, because it become he is that is God that you read. That's Krishna. He eats, he eats it with his eyes. He can do that. So he glances and it becomes him. So it's sanctified food. So, without further ado, let's let's do it. Thank <laughs> you.